0: It's time for the com radio show. com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. On this 31st day of January 2014, we're here with our co-host, Jay Basser and uh, stretcher technician, And today, we're going to try something different. We're going to call this here the Basser Hour. So uh, any of you all out there having questions about Veterans Affairs, uh, the claims process, and uh, maybe the different types of forms you should be using and what have you, uh, any questions at all or comments, uh, please feel free to call in and... uh, We'll be glad to address them. Now, uh, Jay Basser, he's he's uh, uh, really up to up to speed on this uh, claims process, and and uh, maybe we can help some people out if you you, you fill up to calling in. Uh, yeah, don't hesitate, call in. Our call in number is three four seven two three seven. Four eight one nine. Our call-in number once again is three four seven two three seven four eight one nine. How are you doing today, John?
0: I'm doing great, Gerald. Thanks for the introduction. I appreciate it.
1: Well, I, b- I believe this is, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of veterans that like me, I I'm not a good typer or nothing. By the time I type something out, three days are gone. I forgot what it was I was even starting with. And uh it's a lot easier just to pick up the phone and make a call. <laughs>
0: That's uh, true it is.
1: It is. And
0: uh I, unfortunately the uh, contact methods and uh has changed over the years to where it's getting more difficult to actually get a hold of somebody that knows about your claim. So,
1: well, that's true, and and uh, uh, sometimes it's just a simple piece of advice that you need, or encouragement, or or something there to uh, keep you going on your claim because, as you know, it. Uh, it's not an easy process, and any support you can get along the way is certainly worth uh, worthwhile.
0: Well, that's true, Gerald. Because you look at the claim system, uh, you know, I kind of I separated it out into three or four different avenues. Uh, you've got uh, you're going to file a claim. I call that the pre-claim status, to where you get your information, you file your claim, and once you file your claim and they receive the information that you send them and they're, uh, there's always a lag there because they're going to contact uh, uh the NPRC and get your medical records and your records and uh that's when the wait begins and uh the worst thing about dealing with this is the actual waiting period itself uh for most people it brings a certain level of anxiety you know and it does a does a very you know it's detrimental because You know, the biggest question I see is, how long is it going to take? And the folks on the other end of the spectrum that actually do process the claims, you know, they're doing their job, but it takes takes time, and they've got, you know, time limits and time frames that they do stuff. They try to put your claim in line with other claims filed around the same time unless you've got some kind of special activity or special authorization to put you, you know, in front of a line. And edited it by hardship or by, you know, directive like say a Vietnam vet on NEMA claim, which they were supposed to have had the line privileges and then the Gulf War people had had the line privileges and it's a uh, and it's all it's it can be a headache. Because, you know, the only thing we've got left in this world is time, but we don't know how much time that is. Well,
1: Bertie, be Bertie, sure.
0: Verdict just came in.
1: Oh, go ahead, John.
0: But, um, Hi guys. That, hey, Berta, how are you doing?
2: Good. I'm glad you can hear me. I'm on Skype. My phone. You sound
0: a different. lot. You sound. You sound a lot better.
1: Yeah, but i can uh, hear you fine, Berta. Oh,
0: good. Yeah, but the waiting in the waiting is and anxiety. Is, <laughs> <laughs> the waiting and anxiety is the hardest part. To deal with when you deal with, you know with with veterans issues, especially the claim process um it can be a roller coaster up and down, it can be an emotional roller coaster not only for the veteran but his entire family because you know a lot of families are affected you know by these decisions the v a makes and uh, it's uh it's, it's the choice of eating pinto beans or steak because most, most, most of us, you know, we'll, we'll be eating pinto beans for quite a while because the VA is, you know, they're just slow. <laughs> but it is the anxiety is there. Uh, and when you get your decision and you win, the anxiety turns into euphoria. And then after the, you know, euphoria kicks in after a few a few days, you realize, okay, I've done this and this. Uh, you go into a depression because you won that's when you realize you're disabled and uh, so that's when you you know that's what you've got to look at because this whole system actually can cause PTSD (laughs) in my opinion
1: (laughs) yeah I think you can too John and
0: uh, you can because I mean there's a lot of issues and things like that that goes on you know if a person you know we're we're all generally good people you know we all have issues and we all want to get our claims through and we all want you know everything to be to work out smooth which a lot of people it does go smooth but for some people for some reason it's not very smooth it turns into a nightmare and uh you can just look at the membership on had you've got folks that's been waiting for years And whether that's uh, claim-related or complexity, which complexity means you've got a claim with a lot of issues or you've got a claim with a lot of gray areas, the gray areas could be anything from something you did in service that's not documented or, you know, uh, anything like that, or something that uh, you did in service that uh, the records are sealed or hidden, so, um, that's the, the worst part about it, because the more complex your claim is, the longer it's going to take a veteran to get service connection.
1: Well, that's true, and uh, anxiety and depression is uh, certainly sets in on a poor veteran after a while. Uh, some of these claims run on for months and even years, and uh to go out four or five years is not that that uh you know it, it, it's just not uncommon for a claim to go four or five years.
0: Well, it took me fourteen years from, from start to finish, and nobody should have to wait fourteen years, especially when a claim it should be a slam dunk.
1: Now, I th- I think, uh, Bertie there, uh, Bertie, you made pretty good time on some of your claims, haven't you? Uh,
2: you bet I did, uh, Gerald, but, um, you know, I'm a civilian, but when I went to that war college, I learned how to get sons out of blood. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it takes. Uh, uh, I've been very successful with a maneuver that I've been talking about on Hatter for a while now. We've had a, a, a member that was successful with it, too, uh, recently. There's no regulation for it, so I'm even reluctant to even talk about that. But, you know, there are things we can do. I mean, this morning, I just went ballistic when I read something that had it. Uh, this is a, a new be being granted service connection. I don't know how. It uh, and all of a sudden, he reopens his claim, and the VA cannot find his medical records from the the So uh, the National Person, now Record Center, and they send him a, a letter or an email saying that the VA has those records. If, if someone there to lost his records or did not do a search for them, and, you know, this stuff drives me crazy, but we cannot let it go because we cannot, if it's not, how can he prepare upper for notice of death when the chain of evidence ended at the VA and they don't have the evidence he needs? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, I mean... uh yeah, and, well, personally, I think a lot of this is deliberate. Stall tactics, I think it's, you know, the, the VA sent him some stuff that to me was complete double talk. I've been in claim since one. Well, my Army husband died. Uh, I lost my defense, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. And when I think back about it, the this was correct. I mean, maybe I could have pursued it, but then when I became a claimant uh, when my husband died, he got over claims. Uh, that's when I learned uh, how uh, adversarial the, the uh, you know, and uh, you know, and like John said, uh, all the claims i wanted to win so far. But even for widows, you, know, you get depressed because of hours of that time. Uh, my original claim, my daughter, this was before she joined me, she was still in high school. I feel that a lot of my research was taking time from her when she got You know, when we think of the time and the work and energy we put into it, uh, we, can, we just get overwhelmed with exhaustion even when we've won. You know, and what do we win? You know, I mean, when it comes down to it. I mean, you know, it's really not winning anything. It's just being recognized for a service-connected sacrifice, you know.
3: Well,
2: and like John said, that's when a lot of veterans realize. They're, go ahead, John. Murder, you hit
0: the middle one ahead. John? The, hello?
2: Yeah,
0: go ahead. It's just like what you said. You hit the nail on the head. You get involved with this stuff, and you start dealing with this stuff from stem from start to finish. You know, you deal with it so much on an everyday basis, and you devote so much of your time to it. One day, you wake up, and ten years has passed. So it's uh, a
3: it,
0: it consumes you. <laughs> it does. It takes over you, and it uh, uh, makes it hard on you and your family both, just dealing with this stuff. Because uh, you know the anxiety sets in. It's I'm guilty of it myself. I mean, when I first started this stuff, I had no idea what was going on. Thought I had a good represent- representative to help me out, and by the time I got finished, it went through two or three representatives, and. <clears throat> It definitely took a toll. So. Right. But that's life in a nutshell. And yes, I do agree some of this stuff is planned. It is choreographed. It's like a dance, I guess I can say. You know, because <laughs> they can blame it on mistakes, but i got news for it. If I made that many mistakes, I'd be out of a job. <laughs> Well, you know,
1: and this is awful hard on the family. I think whenever a veteran enters into the uh, claims process, uh, they should have some sort of support group for the family and uh, kind of keep them updated uh, uh, what's going on, uh, because most of the trouble a veteran has, he can't find out what the, what to deal on his claim. I mean, getting there, you can't function if you don't have nothing to work with. I mean, if you don't know what they're thinking, if they have a question, uh, by the time you get it, it's a year old, and something you could have probably answered over the phone in 30 seconds.
0: Well, that's another truth. I mean, it's, it's contact is very difficult with these folks. Communication is very poor, you know. Something they could pick up the phone and do something with, but then, you know, a lot of avenues, I guess they said they're not allowed to call or contact. So it makes it, uh, it, makes it difficult. It's a bureaucracy is what we're dealing with. And it's just SOP for the VA standard operating procedure, I mean, especially with regional offices. I mean, it's, of course, people always say stay in the regional office and try to get a DRO review to get your claim settled. Uh, I know folks that's waited a year and a half for a DRO when it could have been to the BVA
2: in a year. So,
3: yeah.
2: Boy. But, uh, it's a, Gerald, uh, I have a question or John? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just wondering, are, are we live at the website right this minute? Should be. Uh, and is that little blue thing called Uh right. Oh, okay. I mean, if I rattle off the call-in number, uh, it'd be great. Yes. We have some, the smartest people in it And on this time, it, there could be a list with this, some of the information that new members have been bringing me. The uh, call-in number is Uh If you got Skype, I'm not having any problems with Skype. Or just, you know, hit it But, and now i shut up.
0: Drew, give it number again.
1: Okay, our, our call-in number once again is three four seven two three seven four eight one nine. Uh, The call-in number is 347-237-4819. So if you have a question or comment, uh, please feel free to call in. We'd be glad to hear from you all. All
0: Now, I want to give a couple of good points out about this whole process that actually, you know, it's in hindsight looking back, once you file your claim and you know what's going on with you, you start researching. And the more research to do, the more information that you maintain in your head. And um, you actually get an education dealing with this stuff. Because once you realize, okay, I've got this issue, and somebody explains what this issue is, and you finally realize, to figure it out exactly what's wrong with you, which really is what you need to do to figure out what your issue is. Then you can start doing some uh, research and planning and seeing, you know, what it relates to the rating schedule and this and that. And then you can actually um, help explain it more to the medical profession as, as you know, your, your doctor visits and things like that are going on. And it makes, a, it makes sense to do that because you need to know what's wrong with you. You know, you just don't want to go up and so sell on the of and claim for high blood pressure. Okay, well, you didn't realize that high blood pressure has a lot of uh, issues down the road, mainly uh, vascular problems, kidney problems, even your eyes. So you need to look at secondary conditions involved with the primary condition. You know, if, if you've had high blood pressure for years, then it's pretty much guaranteed you're going to have other issues. Sure. You know, we've had members that's had aneurysms and all kinds of stuff related to blood pressure. Uh, kidney kidney problems, too. So just remember, always um, always know what's wrong with you. You know, when you file your claim, you can understand it a lot better. And the more you understand, the more the VA should understand. Uh,
1: you really do have to be involved in your own health care care. Uh and uh scrutinize all your medications they're not perfect at the b a uh, they make mistakes and uh myself, I prefer to have an outside uh, internal medicine doctor that uh he helps me with my meds and be sure that uh uh what I get from the b a don't uh,
2: uh
1: Conflict with with what I get in civilian life, so it's uh, really critical that uh, your meds are, are are done properly.
0: That is true. That's that's a big truth. You know, always have to go over your meds and check. I've seen veterans walk out of the VA with grocery bags full of medicines.
1: Yes, I have too, and. It's a good way to get your liver burned out. Uh, whenever you do blood work, uh, keep, a, uh, keep a close eye on your liver uh, because it, uh, some of them meds are extremely uh, tough on your liver. Uh, Berta, do you have something to say?
2: Uh, I want to repeat what John said because it was so important. All of us know what's wrong with you. Me. Uh, I get a copy of my doctor. But of course I'm a civilian, it's a little bit different. Uh but you know what else is important? Make sure your spouse knows what's wrong with you. Uh that spouse sometimes don't quite have a good hand on their their veteran spouse's disabilities. Uh and their medication. I never know the day we might become so incapacitated that if we have a spouse, they might have to, um, you know, be more proactive over our care. And of course, uh, uh, being a widow, I, I've met some local widows uh, who had no idea what their husband, deceased husbands, were getting compensation for. They really had no idea. It, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> But uh, these are, you know, it, it's difficult to uh, work with a DIC claim unless the uh, survivor, you know, gets you know, uh, and uh, and I, I recently put an article uh, on DIC. It's sort of an updated article uh, at the Had it website. There is a lot to DIC uh, and uh, the importance of having a death file. These are things we've covered before but uh, I mean, Ron, that's a couple of things I wanted to mention on the show, uh, but uh, you guys are doing a pretty good job as it is. Um, I wanted to mention BDA Remains. Uh, is that okay?
1: Oh, yes, yes. Go ahead,
2: Bertha. Yeah. Well, I- I'm going to be repeating myself uh, uh, from what I've said at the website many times, but sometimes i by a- um, I feel rather than get to the BVA, Is what the v- Board of Veterans' Appeals wants the regional office to do. It might be uh, obtain another C&P, you know, and you can guarantee that second additional C&Ps might be in the first line. It's going to go against the claim, usually, not always. Or it might be uh, obtain records from here, there, whatever it would be. I feel that it should follow themselves, and I give this advice because I did it uh, a couple of years ago uh, with success, and I'm so glad I did it. Uh, There were two C&P examiners going against my claim. It was an agent on a diabetes mellitus claim. I wanted a service-connected death award because... I one one hold no one in it. It means VA killed a veteran. Uh, so what I did, uh, two IMOs from Dr. Bash, and the She uh, I refused to read his IMOs. I even had a who claims he handed my IMOs to the DRO, and she told him she didn't know how to read them. <laughs> uh, so in any event, I said, okay. Well, I'm not going to get upset. I'm going to work. The board knows how to read. Well, but then the board remanded my claim for an additional third CMP. I said, okay. I got a copy of that CMP exam as soon as it was done. It was done over here, fast, twenty minutes away from me, and I. Uh, it was so well medically. And I, I made it back to the, the examiner had not considered my other IMOs or any of the pertinent evidence. And I sent my rebuttal to the BVA with probably the fifth or sixth copy IMOs, just to make sure they had them, because the BVA did not mention them. In. So what happened the BVA, they agreed with me. They, they, they trashed it. CMP was rousy. It was too speculative. My IMOs looked at the other two CMPs, and I won the claim. But I might not have won that claim. I know I I probably wouldn't have if I had not obtained those two IMOs from Dr. Bash and rebutted the CMP. And all of this stuff is a royal pain in the butt to do. Uh, medical research you know they don't like to listen to us lay people on medical stuff but if you're right if you can back and so that's all I want to say If or if you're looking for records and uh, by the time that remand gets decided at the regional office every claimant has plenty of time to take the exact same steps on Right to Joint Services Records Research Center or NPRC, or get their Social Security records well, or at least make sure Social Security will send the records to Because I understand they don't want to get them from they want to get them from the Social Security Office So that that's on that. and I just want to mention uh, some of the g- uh, good stuff uh, I've had uh, that has to bear new member. uh someone posted a few weeks there was like shh, no, that was, um, uh unless maybe it was uh Alex. I I forget who posted it. Uh, they broke it down. Uh, SMC is the most complex uh part of VA regulations in in my opinion. Uh OIF that uh, this morning uh posted uh that <laughs> now has a button for adding dependent instead of going through the um, past rigmarole. And I don't know if anybody's had to buy it, but that's new, and that, that's a good thing. Uh, and the only other thing I want to mention is that Age is still getting uh, updates in our Agent Orange forum. Uh, from time to time, I will check the index to see who's online and what are they reading and I noticed that we have guests that are still checking out Nemer, the Age Agent Orange Thailand, Agent Orange Korea, uh, as well as numerous other topics in the past that are still prevalent to Veterans Day that come there as a guest. So uh, that, that's all I've got to say. There's a lot at the site. And sometimes I have trouble with stuff that I've posted uh, in the past and uh, sometimes I simply use Google I did the other day for some situation on a, a campaign medal and I just Google and then put um, well, I put my name and then .com, and it popped right up so sometimes Google will get you there maybe a little bit quicker than uh, the Hatted search uh, for me anyhow but that's about all I've got to Thank you, Berta. Um,
0: DIC is a, a major issue to surviving spouses of veterans. Um, the VA rules from DIC, and Berta, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh the veteran must have died. Uh, they don't have to be the main cause. It has to be a contributing factor. Of the service connected disability it has to be a contributing factor in the death of the veteran. Or. The yeah. veteran must it, have been service-connected at 100% for 10 years. Is that correct, Berta?
2: Yes, that's uh, 38 U.S.C. 1318. Um, okay. In the DIC post, um, today I'm, I'm clicking it. Yes, we are live on the uh, website. I'm checking that out, too. Um, okay. It, it's an overview. It's called okay. Overview on DIC. There's a lot of information in my post. Uh, John, but you know what? A whole lot of uh, DIC claims that are perfect from the, de- the you know, except for the 10 year. 10 continuous.
0: So it's 10
2: years. 100%. Ten years okay. uh, or, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. We have had a few widows over the last uh, 10 or 12 years whose husbands, for some reason... Um, had you know, in one case, the VA called a clear and unmistakable error on their TDIU T award. So in that case, they had problems proving that continuous ten years. But I think in the long run, they did. Uh, mm-hmm. Things like that are rare. It, it, it's very rare. Well,
0: most people in a ten-year period doesn't like start. That 10-year period doesn't start from the day you win your claim, guys. It starts from your effective date, so don't forget that. That's right.
2: You know, That's right. Yeah, but, That's a good point, John.
0: Know, we've had a few folks that uh, didn't realize that,
2: and uh, you know, when they
0: uh, finally realized that it helped them out a lot. And, uh, I've seen some veterans win their claims, and bless their hearts, it's taken them a long time. We had one lady on there that... Uh, <laughs> She went. I guess she went back to. Was it sometime in the 40s? I think it was Josephine, and uh, she crushed the VA. And, oh wow! Uh,
3: yeah.
0: You know, so when she got her when she got her rating, her actual award letter, she was protected automatically. So.
2: Absolutely, and yes, Josephine, and she comes back once in a while. Uh, she had yeah. quite a struggle.
0: Yeah. She had a. Actually, a family member that worked at a regional office, and they kept they kept uh, they kept sending her claim around the country to keep it out of that regional office because she had uh, I guess her somebody, her daughter, or somebody worked in or somebody worked in that office. Yeah. So you know, she fought, and she won, so that's good. Well, want to switch gears here a little bit. I want to yeah. talk about attitude, veterans' attitude. How many times you went into a VA Medical Center and you sit there and a bunch of guys are sitting there, and there's always one or two ringleaders in the bunch, and they're sitting there and all they're doing is raising total cane. I see it a lot. And you can't blame the VA regional office or I the hospital for this activity because these guys have got claims in and they're getting beat to death over this claim they're in the waiting stage and their anxiety's showing up and they're going to the VA for a checkup or for something, you know, some medical treatment and the first thing they ask the VA is, what about my claim? Well, the hospitals don't really know about your claim, you know, because they're there to take care of you medically. And what I would like to say to that is, when you go to a VA hospital and you've got a claim in, just remember, the VA has two different branches: the VHA and the VBA. The VHA is the Veterans Health Administration. They're the ones that take care of you medically. The only employees inside the VA VHA that work for the VBA are some counselors, uh, like you know, uh, adaptive equipment and things like that, and the CMP folks. The rest of it is VHA. They're there to help you, and they're a lot better entity than the, v- than the VBA. So if you go in the VA hospital with a chip on your shoulder because your claim's not done, you're pointing your pistol to the wrong people. So that's one thing that you need to realize because the VHA is a lot better organization than the VBA. Of course, you know they've had issues in the past, and the reason that is, it's a quality assurance issue. Um the reason the hospitals have to kinda of walk the line see hospitals have to go through an accreditation in order to maintain and keep their doors open. And there's a group called the Joint Commission that comes around every couple of years to every hospital and they start from the top to the bottom. They check everything, paperwork, procedures, everything. And if they're not doing it right, if it's minor they're allowed to get you know, to make it right and keep doing it. But if they find a major violation, they can actually put a padlock on that front door. They have that power. Did you know that, that, Berta?
2: Oh, you know what? I was agreeing with you, but you know what? I'm posting the call and I didn't begin, if that's
0: okay with you. That's okay. Now, on the other other spectrum... (laughs) <laughs> okay. on the other end of the spectrum we have a group called the VBA which is the Veterans Benefits Administration they're the folks that do your claims they uh, have a manual called DM 21 that's basically a level 2 with the level 1 being the title 38 CFR part 3 and part 4 well, the level 2 is called DM 21 it's their working copy, it tells them what to do um Follow this supposedly to the T when doing your claims, but the problem is the only people that watchdog the VBA are the VA Inspector General, the IG. Well, the problem is is the IG works for the same people in the VBA, you know, so. There's no outside entity to watch it, and uh, that's the main problem with the VBA because they basically do what they want. Congress can complain, we can have hearings and do all this other stuff, but these folks are so good at delaying and denying stuff that all they have to do is delay Congress for two years because once the two-year period's up, boom, we start over again. So it's never going to be fixed that way. Never. Never has, never will. So, you know, there's some ideas out there now to try to get in some, you know, different, different ideas. I think something needs to be done on a quality assurance basis to have a company like the Underwriters Laboratories or something like that come in there and do audits on them every so often and report to the Congressional Budget Office and get rid of that two-year period, you know, have something done that way. That's the VA in a nutshell. You know, it's kind of like 007 is licensed to kill. You know, he could kill anybody at any time (laughs) with no repercussions, right?
2: (laughs) John, you check around with
1: Um,
2: Well, this morning, uh, I forget what it was. I made the point, I have some civil law and some knowledge, and you know, if we could take these claims into a civil court of law, I mean, it would be a whole different ballgame, you know, from the beginning, Uh, but then again, we're getting to probably having to obtain lawyers that would, you know, that in a lot of cases, we don't need, we, we just have to be proactive ourselves. Uh, however, if you go to the CABC, uh, I, well, I, have, uh, I have to be careful how I put it, but if you go into the CABC without a lawyer, you're going into battle with your sexual organ in your hand.
3: <laughs> well. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Sorry, guys. The CABC. Uh, <laughs> a lot of their decisions. Um, even in the days when I had to call the court and ask them to a decision, and then I promised them to check for two bucks. I mean, <laughs> I've been around, you know, the electronic community a long time. The court has a different method of legal jargon than the board. And the board speaks a higher level of legal jargon. So, if you're wrong for uh legal, <laughs> legal precedent, Alberta? Uh, well, uh, legal precedent, what that is, uh, not all court decisions are legal precedents. Uh, if they are, it means that a veteran or the VA can cite that decision, and it can uh, help support a claim, particularly for uh, veterans. So, right. the court... To make a very safe decision, John, that's how I understand it. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, they do a lot of remands. I've noticed the court uh, remanding a lot lately, which is a good thing, because you act into having the opportunity to send in more evidence. So a remand is not a bad thing. Uh, it, it's just going to take longer.
0: Well, I think there's too uh-huh. many remands. There's too many remands. And basically, the court bases its uh, information off of opinions. And those opinions get remanded back to either the right. BVA or, or. And then the BVA gets it and sends it to the AMC. So that's uh, another.
2: Yeah, and perhaps... That's
0: another topic for another day.
2: <laughs> you know, that is a good topic for a show, John. Uh, there's plenty uh, I've learned about remains uh, from the board. From the court means the board made an error. Uh, mm-hmm. It used to be that nobody could question the Board of Appeals. But uh, it, it might not be a, a major legal error. It might be... An in not extending every right to the veteran that they could. Mm-hmm. Well, and... Error, too. But... You know, that would be a great topic someday.
0: Yes, it would be. I mean, errors are made every day. You know, people are only human. <clears throat> Unfortunately, these errors are done uh, on purpose. so... That's the kicker that uh, the poor veteran has to deal with because he really has no representation. So you can't bring an attorney on until you have a denial letter in your hand and the attorney can help you. Um, if there's some way a veteran can keep his claim out of the C on a remand and have somebody, you know, have, the re- have somebody uh, re-adjudicate that claim, it would be a lot easier for the veteran. So it's... You know, it's yeah. all a catch twenty two. You know, we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. If we, you know, if we choose to go that route, but if you've got a good attorney, you can help you keep it out of the AMC, and you know, they can actually drive the truck for you. Because you did say, yeah, I'll say what you said, but I'll say it, I'll say it in lamest terms. There's an old adage saying that the man who represents himself in court is a fool. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might be brilliant. Uh, people have won at the court without representation from a lawyer. They have done it. They put it. You know, it took a toll. It took a toll.
0: Mm, it does. Uh, it takes a lot, you know. And if you knew winning the court by yourself, uh, consider yourself lucky. Even though they have one, it's probably still a pretty yeah. small percentage. You know, unless it's so obvious it's a mistake, you know, that something's blatant that uh, that the court can pick it up right now, you know, and fix it. Because it's a court, you know, you've got the you've got most you know, you're actually you go to court you're still the secretary of the VA. That's basically what you're doing. All right. So it's a, that's uh <laughs> that's that in a nutshell anyway. You know, so it's but always keep your faith. Keep your, you know, keep 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 positive. You know, keep your drive going. Don't shut it down. I do suggest people take a break from this claim stuff every once in a while because as soon as you do, you step away, take a little, take a week's vacation or something, get out of it. You don't have to go to Disney World, but you, get, you know, take your vacation, take your break from it because as soon as you get back and look at it again, uh, you've got a very high percentage of finding something you missed. That happens a whole lot. You know, and it could be an obvious issue, you know, but, you know, as long as you've got the same thing that VA has and you're going through your stuff and your records and you see that, you know, um, the biggest problem with getting a claim is a nexus, you know, because if you've got the evidence, you know, it's still not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You still have to have a nexus to relate your condition to service. You know, and that's why they have the CMP exams, to get an opinion as to whether or not your service net condition or your, your issue is related to service. And, uh, you know, most slam dunks are. But, you know, there's a lot of complexity issues, again. That's probably going to require multiple physicians, you know. And that's when you get an IMO. And I, I'm i thinking along the lines now, they're starting to discount IMOs very heavily. And they're using the words like "you received a tele IMO" or something like that from a doctor or a hired gun. Yeah. We don't know who they're talking about, don't we? Yeah. So it's probably uh, better yeah. for a veteran to go get an IME, which is an examination right. by this doctor. Right. You know that's a lot more expensive to do because you've got to travel or pay to bring the doctor to you, which you know can be done. I've seen it done several times, but. Uh, you know, I think an IME carries more weight than an IMO because it takes that uh, old adage out of the VA system saying that, well, he just looked at your records and not look at you. So, you know, he can tell, if, you know, if you've got a gait problem or if, you know, what, if you've got sciatica or if you've got some issues, you know. And uh, that works pretty well with everything, but I don't know how it works on mental issues because I said in the past I'm not the expert on mental health issues, so. That's uh you know that's that's another topic for another show,
2: <laughs> yeah, you better do thanks for making that point, john uh i, I always say i m o and I should be more careful to say i m e because there is a difference like I just said, and uh like with Dr. Bash, I mean there's times that he absolutely needs to do a an in-person evaluation and And you're right to be a is disregarding i of that well, am eight.
0: that's one good thing about Craig is that you know he will come to the veteran. he will do it, you know, yes, he is expensive, and yes, you know he uh, you know he does he does a lot for veterans uh he'll go to hearings and everything, but Dr. Bash is a disabled veteran himself. And Doctor Bash, uh, he's got a lot of mobility issues and things like that. But if a guy is in a wheelchair and he's willing to fly somewhere to help a veteran and you know, he does this out of his own passion because he knows. You know, and that's 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 one of, that, that's why I recommend him. And I tell you, right now you get what you pay for when you're dealing with IMOs or I
2: Yeah.
0: Because the VA expects a certain bit of language to be put in these reports, so they can understand it. You know, least as likely or not. You know, things like that for an opinion. And don't be taking no DBQs. The doctors to get them to fill them out. Because you notice the DBQ form has some pretty pretty nice looking organization on it. But on that form, there is nothing, nothing that states your opinion. You know that, yeah. So if you've got a DBQ form, turn it over on the back and write it on yourself. Write the opinion section on the form and have the doctor filled it filled in. Because that way they can, uh, you know, they can use that DBQ form against you if there's no opinion on there. And believe me, any type of paperwork they come up Mm -hmm. with or invent is going to be in their favor to the benefit of the VA, not the Mm
3: veteran.
0: Those documents are, they're important to your client, very important to your Um, claim. If you're a veteran and... On Social Security disability, or if you're at retirement age, always make sure you have Medicare Part B. And it's always best, probably get you an F plan because you're going to need that to get outside the VA for treatment. Some people live too far away from the VA in order to go to the VA for treatment. But as long as you have those two, you know, issues right there, you know, your medical care can be covered that way. And I've even seen some IMO doctors take Medicare as he examines you because that's one good thing. If you have, you have an IME then that doctor actually examines you, I'm thinking maybe it's more, they can probably bill uh, insurance to help offset the cost of this IME. So there's a lot of avenues a veteran can take, but, you know, choose your avenue wisely. You know, because if you go down and see Doc Hawkins, who's been practicing for forty years, and he writes you up that does your examination, he writes on the back of it that he's seen you and that you know he thinks your issues were started in service, you can look at that, and he can write it up like that. he just can't write that on the report he has to write that he has reviewed the records in your history. Showing that your condition started whatever 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 time, and that it still you know exists today, and you, you know it has to be very very well written. The nexus has to be pretty strong, uh, has to be researched, and there has to be literature, medical literature, credible credible medical literature to back up what the doctors say. So these IMEs and IMOs are a lot more important than people think. They're a lot more important. Oh. So, George, you got anything to add? Well, I guess he dozed off on us, bird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, John, this has been... Uh- I well, I mean Gerald God oh, knows boy. so much. I you know, you're you're the cardio expert for sure, uh, mm-hmm. as, among other things. Now this has opened the door to a lot more shows you probably we don't have to talk about. Uh but one thing the last thing I wanted to say, um CHAMPRA, uh recipients like me, we need Medicare Part B too. Uh, they will not give us Champva unless we have A and B. Okay, and, uh, explain, 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 explain,
0: explain to them what the situation is with that. You know, as far as
3: uh,
0: uh, a VA, Medicare, and age, and which is primary, which is secondary for the folks.
2: Uh, well, uh, in my in my case, Medicare uh, is what they're going to pay, and then Champa kicks in like the kicker. Um, uh, I have not gotten a a bill, a medical bill, in about five years on anything, and I pay. I think it's a fifty dollar that which is nothing. I only take uh, two two pills a week, but uh, so I, I'm not real good on, what the handbook actually says on all that, how they figure out how they make that payment. But any uh, veteran who is a TDIU or 100% permanent and is the eligibility criteria for their benefits, which could not And, of course, if they are deceased, due a direct service-connected death uh, that's when chance kicks in as well. It would be direct service connected death. Um, or uh, of course, uh John, like you mentioned, the ten year ten year uh service connection, those spouses are uh automatically uh, on Tampa anyhow. Right? I mean they should be That's a good point. yes. Veteran, should be <laughs> Yeah. You know. But uh, the website is fabulous, and I have the Champa handbook. I picked it up yesterday thinking maybe I should look into it, um, and, and I, don't, I put it back down. <laughs> you know, they send us a booklet every year, uh, and the Champa people, I've got the phone number somewhere. I had a problem case the pharmacist told me, oh, Champa will never pay for that, and I forget what it was. This was years ago. And I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I know they won't pay. So I ended up about $98 for something. I don't know, some fancy antibiotic or something. Well, as soon as I got home, I called up uh, the number in the pamphlet that tells you who to call with problems like that. That woman was so good, she squared it away in a heartbeat. The next thing I know, about 20 minutes later, uh, the Topps Market where I have a pharmacy. The pharmacist called me up, and he said, Mr. Simmons, we had five times here, uh, you know, because it was actually my first of the year with my deductible, and I said, oh, and he said, yes, Champa called us. That medicine is covered by me. He apologized, mm-hmm. but, you know, mistakes like that are made, mm-hmm. and um, and it pays real, I mean, well, uh, we need to talk about Champ more on the air, John. And if we do that, I'll read the Chample booklet this time. <laughs> well, you we can think do that.
0: We also have an avenue with the radio show because um, the actual one of the guys that runs Champ VA in uh, Denver, His name is Glenn Johnson. He's a pretty freaking guest on the show. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you need to know about Champ VA, oh, he's 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 close to the to. archives and listen to Glenn Johnson's listen to his past shows. I mean, he can actually, he open up doors and enlighten people on everything. You know, if the rest of the VA ran yeah, like the Champ Pay office did, it'd be a better place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he He's excellent. As a matter of fact, a few years ago, I forgot about it. Glenn Johnson asked me why I'm not getting my meds by mail from the local VA. He said then you won't uh, have, apparently, I wouldn't even have a copay. Uh, but I, I'm i aware of a few errors our pharmacy has made over the years. I'd rather go to a pharmacist. Yeah, I, it's just my personal opinion. But uh, I'm, I'm in a rural area, too. That is, maybe I should really do that. You know, just get mm-hmm. the meds by mail. Uh, mm-hmm. Because as I understood, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong, but I think he told me, the advantage is I won't have a copay, mm-hmm. and, but I only take four pills a month.
3: Oh, okay. That's a big
2: deal to me. Uh, sometimes one... Oh, go, okay. Huh? The copay, go yeah. Ahead. But, honest, go ahead, does your wife have Jamper? Yes. you
0: happens on both uh, of
2: it. Is the
0: copay? Yeah. Uh, yeah, fifty fifty per person, hundred per family. But uh, you know, we use it to pay their uh, their other copay She's got pretty good insurance, anyways. But we know we use it. Um, I can't state it's always a good idea for the veterans, and you know, if they get their meds through the VA, and even spouses, if they get their meds through the VA. Always have a doctor, an outside doctor, write, yeah. your prescription for, write you a prescription for your meds. Take that script to a Walgreens or something like that, a, a pharmacy that's nationwide, and have them hold the prescription. Don't let them fill it. Just tell them to hold the prescription in their system. That way, in case a mistake does happen, which yeah. they do pretty often, you can call that pharmacy for an emergency supply, especially for diabetics. You know, always have you a yeah. back pocket doctor yeah. to help you that way.
2: Uh- uh, no. The uh, place I deal with, it's a very large, uh, well, uh, I just wanted to add uh, top markets. Now, uh, there's not of markets around. I think they might be focused in New York. Other large stores that have pharmacies might have the same deal. I'm able okay. to order my, my with a copy of it. Then they say, what time do you want to come in and pick it up? And if there is a problem, then they call me. So right. these things can be beneficial for people that live in the sticks. Well,
3: you know? <laughs> in the sticks. <laughs> 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 no. But uh, I usually say booties. <laughs>
0: now we uh, you know, we decided to do this format here. I think it'll take off later on, you know, we'll probably get some more participation. This is kind of a this is kind of a sudden notice show that we did in order to, you know, keep up with the demand, so I'm pretty sure we'll do another show here in the near future, and we'll get some more participation from the membership and other folks, you know, because I'm sure we've got a lot of listeners, but uh, not a lot of callers today.
1: Well, they're out there. They're listening, John. Well, that's
2: okay.
0: Yeah, so, but uh, that's about all we have for today. Oh, I
2: think
1: we're out of time. This okay. is Earl Cook, but John Stacy will will be signing off for now. <laughs> I'm telling Zevo.